0: Hey, this is Graham, and I am so pumped you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Grace community, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on social media at the Grace AG on all social outlets. But the best way to connect is to join our online community at live.graceassembly.org. Here you can engage and connect with other Grace members all around the world. So We hope today's message encourages and challenges you. Let's jump right in.
1: I've invited my friend Alton Garrison to come and speak to us today. Alton is a former assistant superintendent of the Assemblies of God Fellowship, a fellowship of 90 million people worldwide. And so he also was the director of US missions for the Assemblies of God led one of the leading churches uh, in our fellowship for many, many years in uh, North Little Rock, Arkansas. But he is my friend. He is a spiritual father to so many. And it is a privilege for us to welcome Alton Garrison. Would you give him a great grace welcome as
2: he shares? Thank you, Pastor. It it is a joy It is a pleasure to be with you on this great kingdom-building weekend. You are so happy to give your money away. <laughs> I was looking at those projects you've have already funded, and you know what my thought was? You have so much seed in the ground already that you're hopelessly doomed to succeed. <laughs> you cannot make withdrawals from God's bank if you haven't made any deposits. Now, I was excited when I saw that number. You know what my thought was? Where was the person that felt led to get that number from 796,000 to 800,000? Could be you. And who are the people that are gonna take that $796,000, to one million dollars for the Lord's work this year. That was so weak. (laughs) Come on. You see, without a vision, the people perish. With a vision, the people flourish. This is a flourishing God community. Can you say amen to that? (laughs) So what causes the vision to be successful? What attracts people to vision? Number one, it's the passion of the leader. I'm telling you, your leader thinks, breathes, eats, and sleeps missions. (laughs) That's the kind of person I want to follow. Aren't you glad God's given you leadership like this? You say, well, Flattery is satanic. I know that, but honor and respect are biblical. So keep loving the Lord and loving the gifts that he has placed to lead you. Amen? So you need the passion of the leader. And the second thing you need is the capacity of all the people. Now, I don't know what your capacity is, but God knows. And the Holy Spirit will talk to you because I believe you can hear the Holy Spirit. And I believe that delayed obedience is... Kind of like, well, I'm not gonna call it a sin, but it might be. <laughs> Have you ever heard the Holy Spirit negotiate you down? You say, well, Lord, I'm gonna give a $1,000, he goes, I don't think you need to give that much. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is gonna help you enlarge your capacity today. Somebody says, I'm ready. <laughs> Come on, say it, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, you're ready. And the third thing is, you gotta consider the needs of the community, the needs of the world. The Assemblies of God is blessed because we have almost 370,000 Assemblies of God churches around the world. So all of these other organizations that give help to people in need, they're wonderful, but we have boots on the ground and we get there faster because we already have servants of the Lord in those locations. So today, we're going to give out of our emotion and then we're also gonna give out of our strategy. Both. We have project giving and we have preventive giving. It's like when you have a car, you can service it on a regular basis, or you can wait until you run out of oil and you have a crisis. So we have both and we're gonna do both. We are very much aware of the crisis that's happening right now in Ukraine. Many, many people that love God are there, and there's many people in Russia that love God. We text our... Executive Director of Foreign Missions last night. This morning he sent us a response back and he said that tomorrow morning our World Missions Department is gonna send, by faith, $50,000 to Poland to help with the refugees that are coming across. They say it's so significant, this flood of people, that they're overwhelmed. Two weeks ago, I sat with the general superintendent of Poland, Marek Kaminski and his wife, Ava. These are wonderful people of God. I trust them. They will distribute the funds as it is needed with integrity being led by the Holy Spirit. They're gonna send $50,000 there, then they're gonna send $40,000 to bordering countries that are also receiving these fleeing friends from Ukraine. I was so moved this morning listening to all of that. I text my wife at the end of the first service and I said, honey, I want you to get ready to send $1,000 for this offering that we're going to do to help these people in Poland receive these refugees. I don't know what God will speak to you to do, But when he does, I know you're going to obey. Amen? Why? Because it's our privilege. It's also our command. It's called the Great Commission. I believe that the gospel is effective. How many believe that? How many have been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, changed by the grace of God? How many? How many's glad that grace found, well, that's the name of this church, so you're really in, how many are glad grace found you before the law caught you? I mean, come on, be honest with me now. How many of you, you were somewhat of a scoundrel, you don't have to give me the details, but you were somewhat of a scoundrel before Jesus changed and transformed your life? Let me see your hand. Woo! look at there. There's people got their hand up you wouldn't even wanna set by before they got saved. God's riches at Christ's expense. We're all products in one way or another. But think about our opportunity to link arms with 300 missionaries on a monthly basis that are going forth representing you in places and ways you could never get to. You say, well, how effective are they? There's a lot of people out there. How's God going to help them win one at a time? You say that one is important? It's according to who that one is. My mother-in-law, my wife's mother, was raised in Indonesia. She's of Chinese descent. Her father was not only a Buddhist, but he was also involved in the occult, heavily involved in the mysticism of that culture. My wife's father was born and raised in Holland. His dad was killed in a Nazi work camp. His mother was blown up in a bombing raid perpetrated by the Allies. It was a mistake. All you have to do is Google Operation Market Garden, and the results of that horrific event wiped out everybody in that community. Killed his mother, killed his sister. He was, this is Johanna's father now. Just, he was only about 14 years old. And everybody in the village died. Because of that loss in his life, he declared to God that he would never bow his knee to God. And he became an agnostic. It's a longer story than I have time to tell. But he survived two concentration camps during World War II. Then, after the war, he was commissioned by the Royal Dutch Army to go to Indonesia to suppress a revolutionary by the name of Sukarno. While he's there, he meets this little Chinese Buddhist girl. They fall in love, get married, and 30 days later, his unit's called back to Holland. She leaves, never sees her parents again. Demon spirits trailed her all the way back to Holland and her life was miserable. She lived in fear. My wife was the firstborn and she could remember when she was just four or five years old stand up with her mother all night long because her mother couldn't sleep. Her husband was bitter and angry because of the loss of his life. Their marriage was fragile and almost cracking and coming apart. One day, some neighbor ladies that had befriended Jan said, you're an emotional wreck. You need a break. We're going to Amsterdam on an outing. She'd never been to the big city. She lived in a little town called Arnhem in Holland with her husband who was military. And she gets on this little bus and she thinks she's going to a party. She thinks she's going maybe to a bar. She thinks she's going to have a good time. And I don't know if they tricked her on purpose or she didn't listen to the invitation very well, but they ended up in a Billy Graham meeting. (laughs) She had never been in a church. She had never heard anybody preach from a Bible. She didn't know anything about it. She didn't know who Billy Graham was. She's pretty upset that she was there. But while she was there, she had a vision of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's happening today. That's how many of the Muslims are getting saved around the world. They have not heard the gospel, so many of them, but they're getting a vision, a visitation from the king. Hallelujah. And when Billy Graham gave the invitation... Except Jesus Christ, she walked down that aisle a Chinese Buddhist. She walked back up that aisle a Chinese believer, changed by the power of Almighty God. Hallelujah. She went home and told her husband about this thing, this wonderful thing that happened, and how God had changed her life. And she thought he'd be excited. He was angry. That's the God he hated. But she kept praying. And a few months later, he went to church with her. He didn't like God, but he liked people. (laughs) And he really loved potlucks. (laughs) So he would go and sit in the back while they had their service, and then he'd wait for the meal because he wanted to eat and fellowship. And one day, they were in a kind of a home group, and he was sitting in the back, and the pastor said, I want everybody to kneel. He forgot about his vow. He forgot about it. that he wasn't going to bow his knee, but God hadn't forgotten about it. So he didn't want to look conspicuous. So he turned around to kneel. And when he did, his knee hit the floor. Something happened inside. And he started weeping. And God transformed his life. And when they went to lunch, they looked for him. They couldn't find him. He always is first in line. They couldn't find him. He was out in the back of the yard with his hands up on his knees, forgiving everybody that he had hated and held something against. That's God's transforming power. One person, one person, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law is in heaven, but my mother-in-law still lives 92 years old. She was the church janitor in First Assembly Garden City, Kansas for 53 years. She retired at age 89. She felt like she shouldn't work into her 90s, so she retired at 89. but she opened the door of salvation. One person, one person opened the door of salvation. My wife's in ministry with me. Next week is our anniversary. Her sister, Miriam, has been on a staff in California, children's pastor. Her brother, Hank, is a deacon in Assemblies of God Church. Her brother, Sam, Pastors a great church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, because one person opened the door of grace. I don't know about you. I'm pretty pumped about missions today. (laughs) You say, well, what happens if uh, Billy Graham didn't go to Amsterdam and didn't have that meeting? Somebody else would have witnessed to Jan. I don't know that. I don't know that. So, what happens if we don't fulfill our responsibility today and we don't fund and pray and do what God has asked us to do? Somebody else will be called. I don't know that. I don't know that. You have been given a special privilege, but you've also been given a special responsibility. God's not willing that any should perish. There's no other name given under heaven but Jesus. We've got representatives. We've got a path. We've got a program. We've got a process. We've got a crisis. We've got all of the reasons to give. But the main reason is that Jesus died for their sins. And people are hungry. I said people are hungry. Some people think, well, the devil's going to win. I don't think so. Communism's not going to win. Radical Islam's not going to win. Terrorism's not going to win. War's not going to stop the kingdom. Now, people may lose their lives, and there may be some atrocities that we can't even understand. We may not understand it all. But I can tell you one thing. Jesus is going to build a church. (laughs) In the midst of all of the impossibilities, I can tell you that God is going to do his work. (laughs) Holy Spirit doesn't need a passport. I said, the Holy Spirit doesn't need a visa. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to ask a dictator if he can work in their world. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Isn't this cool stuff? (laughs) I mean, we're on the winning side. (laughs) We may not see all the victories today, but I can tell you, Big C, God's church, is gonna survive, hallelujah. (laughs) There's been a lot of people trying to stamp it out. You know, they had cancel culture way back in the book of Acts. <laughs> yeah, well, read it. They told him, you can't preach anymore. You preach, we'll put you in prison. That's cancel culture. Didn't stop anything. Didn't stop anything. Communism said, 1949, when they went into China and took it over, they said, we're going to stop Christianity. We're going to stop Buddhism. They're going to stop every religion. That 750,000 Christians, that's about what we can estimate. there in 1949 thought they'd stamp out the church. 1966 they thought they hadn't been successful enough so they started the cultural revolution. Chairman Mao armed 11 million red guard radicals to go across the whole nation armed with a little red book he called The sayings of Chairman Mao to eliminate all counter-revolutionary, all vestiges of counter-revolutionary activity out of the whole country. And they did. They burned churches. They confiscated scriptures. They put prisoners that were Christians, and they actually martyred people. They thought they could wipe the church out. In fact, in the middle of the the cultural revolution, Sharon Mao's wife said, Christianity is dead, buried in the dustbin of history. (laughs) That little red book's in the dustbin of history. I got one in my library. It's a little book like this. I bought it for three bucks on a night market in Hong Kong. (laughs) But people are reaching out for the kingdom book. (laughs) I said, they're reaching out for the kingdom. And when they offered a little crack, we went in, you know, and started ministering. That 750,000 hadn't dwindled down to 500,000. It had grown to over 100 million. And now this new leader's clamping down, saying that you can't put children inside church because they didn't want them. I I preached over in an underground church, so they still have to meet underground. We We went in there. And I, you know, I was raised in South Texas. (laughs) I never been, I mean, the missionaries sat with my wife and said, now you know if they come in here, they'll arrest the person who's preaching. And Johanna said, well, that would be Alton. (laughs) She said, yeah, they'll arrest him. He'll have to go to jail. I mean, we took a circuitous journey to get in there to this underground church. I didn't hear this conversation. I don't know if I'd have still had a lot of faith or not. I mean, you know, I tell these stories about them, but uh, she said, well, I'm his wife. What'll happen to me? Missionary's wife said, well, you deny you know him. (laughs) I said, that's not good for your marriage. (laughs) I hope she was kidding. I don't know, but I'm just saying, we claim that we would Give our life, we've never been faced with that. Not like they have. One of our missionaries was reaching out, teaching, preaching on China radio, and he was talking about this Bible that we have. Uh, I serve as the president of the Bible Alliance, which is the fundraising arm for life publishers, and they've this Bible, it used to be called a full-life study Bible. It's now called a fire Bible, actually. The people in the Chinese underground church named it the fire Bible because of Acts 2 and how they, we dealt with the Holy Spirit. And it's a commentary, not, not just a Bible. You can get Bibles in different languages, but it's a Pentecostal commentary. It's like a Bible college in a book. And he was talking about the fire Bible, and they got a package in the mail, and they opened up the package and uh, there was a note and this fell out. This came from a remote area of China, came to one of our missionaries. And the note says, if you'll send us one of your fire Bibles, we'll send you one of our Bibles. And this is what they sent. And I have a picture of the It's a handwritten copy. You think this is the whole Bible? No, this is the book of Matthew. That's all they had. It's the only book they had in their church to preach from and read from. One book, hand copied. That's how hungry some people are. How many books, how many Bibles do you have in your house? Count those on your phone, on your iPad. That's how hungry they are. See, it doesn't matter. Satan's not going to win. You know what the fastest growing church in the world is? According to uh, many of those that are tracking such things, it's the underground church in Iran. Let me read from a video called Sheep Among Wolves. The Iranian awakening is a rapidly reproducing discipleship movement. Listen, that owns no property, no buildings, has no central leadership, and is predominantly led by women. Could I get an amen from the ladies? (laughs) There's a mass exodus leaving Islam for Christianity within Iran, according to Frontier Alliance International. One unidentifiable Iranian church leader said on the film, what if I told you the mosques are empty inside Iran? Many of the ruling class still follow Islam because that's where the high-paying jobs are, but the majority of the ordinary people love God and recognize that Islam is the problem. Now these young ladies know that if they get caught proselytizing and preaching, they'll go to jail, they'll be raped, they'll be beaten, and some of them be killed. So what do they think about that danger? Here's what one of them said. When we walk outside, we really don't care if we get arrested. We're not upset if we get arrested. What is 50 years in prison compared to an eternity with Jesus? See, God's not intimidated by a hard heart. He's not intimidated by a pagan religion. He's not willing that any should perish. So we have a command, it's called the Great Commission. We have a successful leader, Jesus Christ, but still, two thirds of the world is still spiritually lost. So as much as we have had victories, even the assemblies of God, 95% of the constituency of the assemblies of God lives outside the United States. We've seen great miracles. We don't measure our success by our success. We measure by our unfinished task, what's left to do. So here's what we need. So I'm gonna ask you to sign on the dotted line. This is what we need. First of all, we need to pray an army. You can do that. If every Assemblies of God person would just give God a tithe off the time they spend watching television and shopping, that would be approximately four million more hours of prayer a week going up for the cause of world evangelization, God, give us a praying army interceding for the lost. How many say, I could do that? I could be a part of that praying army. And then there's another army we need. It's not as easy to participate, but we do need people called of God that'll go. Young people that will go young people that will get involved. If we could double that army, if just one half of 1% of the young people in the Assemblies of God were called by God and responded. I didn't calculate this, but it was given to me, so I'm assuming that that the veracity of it is, is correct. There's just, that would be just one young adult for every seven Assemblies of God churches. And they're being called, and they're going. I saw where you're going to support or you did last year, Live Dead. Listen to one of the statements from a Live Dead movement in the Middle East and North Africa. When our missionaries are imprisoned or killed, we will send more missionaries. When our missionaries fail and our teams implode, we will repent, revise our structure, re- improve our preparation, training, and pastoral care. And send new teams. Neither spiritual nor physical attacks will deter us from living among resistant people and lovingly proclaim the gospel to them in Jesus' name. We will not retreat. And we need a paying army. <laughs> if every person... Assemblies as of God, just give an extra $80 a year. That's just $320 for a family of four. That's less than the average Christian family spends on cable TV. Maybe less than they spend buying coffee at Starbucks. I'm not looking up. I'm just preaching what I got in front of me here, so... You know, God can teach you stuff through a lot of different people. little girl named Six Years Old taught me stuff. I've been in church all my life. She was sitting in fourth row in a church one night when I was talking about that fire Bible. Her name was Lauren. I know a little bit about her story, but I didn't know the whole story. She was sitting by her grandmother. The reason she was sitting by her grandmother, who was the pastor's wife, because her mother was the pastor's daughter, had gotten hooked on crystal meth. It's another story how Satan insidiously is a, trying to attack everyone. He would like to destroy your life. She lost everything. She lost her home. She lost her husband. She lost her job. She lost her kids. The judge took him. He, he, he took a, the Lauren and her little sister away. And I was preaching and I was challenging people to, to help us with these Bibles that I just mentioned to you a moment ago, and and she tapped Patsy, her grandmother, on the shoulder, and she said, Grandma, I've been saving money to buy Mommy a house, but I want to give it to that man for those Bibles. Would you go over to the parsonage and bring me my piggy bank? (laughs) She didn't understand that what she could do in a piggy bank couldn't help buy a house. She just knew something was broken at her house, and she was trying to fix it. (laughs) She came down that aisle holding a, not a piggy bank you might buy that looked like a pig. It was a quart jar, a mason fruit jar full of, well, it had $12.45. She's holding it up to me. And when I saw it, I just couldn't take it. I knew a little bit about her story. I didn't know the whole story. I bent down and I'm gonna tell her in her ear. I put the microphone behind my back. Honey, I don't need your money. You keep it, it's for your mommy. And I'm in the middle of that trying to tell her that I'm not gonna take her money and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Not an audible voice, but you know, that knowing in your knower. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm giving Lauren back her money. And the Holy Spirit said, she didn't give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, sir. Have you ever been taken to the woodshed by the Holy Ghost? <laughs> I took the money. I left that night. We had a great offering. And I called back. I said, I don't know why I didn't think of it. Eddie asked the pastor. I said, tell Lauren I'm going to replenish her, her piggy bank. And he said, too late. It's already full. <laughs> See, she taught me that everybody can do something. <laughs> It wasn't much, just $12 and 45 cents, but it was the widow's mite that got everybody else's attention. If she hadn't shown up, all those other guys giving their little piddly amount, it'd have been all right, but she broke the mold. She broke the curve. And that night, that little six-year-old broke the curve, grating on the curve. And, she, and then she taught me that you can stretch. I mentioned it a moment ago, the Holy Spirit's not gonna negotiate down. (laughs) You say, what stretch? A little more. (laughs) If you've never given the kingdom builder, stretch today for you is to make a commitment above your tithe, That's stretch. If you've never given out of your business, maybe that's stretched to you see everybody has a different capacity you remember what i said about vision it's the passion of the leader it's the capacity of the people it's the needs that we're trying to meet that's vision and then seed whether you how you interpret all that seed about sowing and reaping i don't know but i'm telling you i don't schedule the harvest and You don't schedule the harvest, and Pastor Wayne doesn't schedule the harvest. God schedules the harvest. And for that little girl, what she needed was not more money, she needed her mommy back. And so when her mother stood in front of a judge who claimed that there was 23 felony counts against her and that he was gonna send her to prison for three years, that's what was going to happen, but somehow she had set something in motion that got a hold of his heart. And in the middle of that sentencing, he stopped and he said, I'm supposed to send you to prison. I came here to send you to prison. But Laura Lee, that's the mother, if you'll go to a halfway house that I'm going to prescribe, you won't have to go to prison. <laughs> and he sent her there. Six months later, she gave her life to Jesus. Jesus. Now, it took her a while to get totally free, but a year later, the same judge that took her little girls away from her gave them back to her. And today, Laura Elise, the mother, is directing a women's home, helping women that suffered the same thing she suffered and helping them and the worship leader for that is Lauren who's now a whole lot older. Can I tell you that what the Holy Spirit had in mind was a little different than what she had in mind. She was thinking house and the Holy Spirit was thinking home, hallelujah. I will restore the home. What kind of harvest are you going to get? I don't know, I don't know. I'm not making the promise. I just know one thing, that God loves a cheerful giver. And you cannot make withdrawals from God's bank without a deposit. And I also know that God's not going to ask you to give what you don't have, but he will frequently ask you to give what you'd like to keep. (laughs) So I'm saying, when we pray today and... Your pastor comes to challenge you today. Listen to the Holy Spirit. It's a faith promise. I mean, we're expecting to fulfill it, but if you could do it on your own and calculate exactly how much, it wouldn't be faith. Somebody said, well, what if I put a number out there and I don't reach it? I say, what if you do? Give God a chance. Give him an opportunity to perform a miraculous activity in your life and see what will (laughs) happen. Living by faith. Living by faith. Why? Go make disciples of all nations. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. When are we gonna do that? Start today. I know of three major initiatives. MM 33, Everyone, and FTT. You say, what is that? That's three major initiatives. The Assemblies of God, MM 33. 2033, We think, if our calculations are correct, would be the 2000th birthday of the day of Pentecost, the launching of this wonderful ministry called the church. Wouldn't it be something if we together collectively were able to preach the gospel to the whole world by 2033? We have the technology in place. Everyone is another group called Empire 21, and they say that they want to have an adequate presentation of the gospel anointed by the Holy Spirit to every person by 2033. FTT has finished the task. Rick Warren, pastor of a Baptist church, Saddleback, says he's leading 71 different groups, organizations, and they're going to work on finishing the task. So if God has touched that many people to get involved, I'm glad that this church is right now deciding that they're going to be a part of that group that's going to finish the task and they're going to start by one more year going beyond all of their own capacity and let God stretch them for Kingdom Builders offering. We need a pray an army we need a go an army and we need to pay an army holy spirit help us to sign up on the dotted line this morning god bless you
1: come on would you help me give god praise for alton garrison Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we're grateful that we get to be here today. And uh, we get to hear stories like this. And we're grateful, God, that the stories, we now get to be part of those stories. So we're praying today that you would help us to hear your voice. Lord, we want to be obedient. We want to do what you say. So, Lord, as we're making decisions now about our participation in Kingdom Builders reaching people around the world and right here in our own community would you give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying give us wisdom give us courage to obey it We thank you Lord that we get to be on this side of the equation we're giving the gospel we're giving hope Lord freely we have received freely we want to give Help us to do what you say. Amen. Would you take this card, everyone, please? And uh, again, name, address, all of that, email address. And on the back there, if you would uh, let us know what you are giving weekly or monthly or as a one time gift to Kingdom Builders in 2022, that would help us so much. This is not a pledge. No one is going to follow up in six months and say, hey, you did not commit your pledge. This is between you and the Lord. But we do feel like that it's important for us to respond and say, this is what God's put in my heart to do. And so if you would do that, we would appreciate that that very, very much. And uh, our ushers are going to come here in just a moment, and we're going to receive these cards, but we're also going to receive our first Kingdom Builder offering uh, for 2022, and as alton was saying uh, we're going to give the first offering today's offering so if you give cash if you give electronically to kingdom builders today or this week we're going to send it to agwm and it's going to go to poland and it's going to go to those surrounding nations who are receiving those refugees i saw a report this morning that the line of cars to get out of the ukraine is going for miles and miles some people have literally been on the road for two days and, uh, and not moving. And so these people are leaving everything they have. I know all of us, our hearts, what can we do? What can we do? I hope you're praying. Let's pray, let's keep praying. Praying is powerful. But for the people who are on the ground there, and one of the privileges of being part of something like the Assemblies of God is there are already people there on the ground. Literally, we're gonna beat the Red Cross because we're already there. Are you with me today? And so the last thing these people need to worry about is money. So I want you to give today. And so if you would give, whatever we give today, this week to Kingdom Builders is gonna go to that initiative. So we appreciate you taking the opportunity to do that. So our ushers are gonna come now, if you guys would prepare. And here's what we're asking you to do. Make sure you put this card in the bucket And just let us know what your commitment to Kingdom Builders in 2022 will be. And then if you have an offering, you can give that as well. If you're making a check, make it to Grace Assembly of God Church. If you're giving electronically, make sure you give, uh, you you mark that Kingdom Builders as well. Now this QR code, gracekingdombuilders.org. There is a giving portal on that as well, but it's all going to the same place. And so we thank you. I just want to thank you in advance.
0: If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it online or jump on the website at graceassembly.org and click the giving link so that we can continue to spread the message of Jesus all around the world. Have a blessed day and we'll see you next week.